Welcome back to Empowering Life Ministries podcast. I'm Daryl Barber and I'm going to be your host today. For those of you who have been listening, you know I started a series on the seven feasts of Israel that I've been covering uh, for a little bit now. And uh, we're looking in these seven feasts. I completed the last podcast, the Feast of Passover. And uh, if you remember, I told you I'm taking this from the story of the Exodus of the children of Israel uh, out of Exodus chapter 12 where the tenth plague came and they had to take a lamb for a house and put the blood over their doorpost and uh, we've talked, I I won't spend a lot of time reiterating some things but just in case you're just joining us I do want to cover a few things so you can see how that applies to us in the new covenant. The old covenant has been fulfilled in Jesus but there's a lot of truths that we can pull uh, from the old covenant. You know they're really, when you look at some of the old covenant and all the books, it's really a signpost is the way I describe it because they're pointing to what was to come. They're pointing to Jesus. And when they took a lamb for a house, I told you that it really spoke about our experience in Passover as our initial salvation we have in Jesus. Uh, we apply the blood to our house. And I say house, the terminology in that is we're temples of the Holy Ghost. So when we get born again, we apply the blood of Jesus to our life, and the destroyer has to pass over us. Jesus said, or it said in Scripture, when I see the blood, I will pass over. And that's where the terminology came from in that. We also looked at some deep truths that were throughout that. Whenever they took a lamb, it had to be without spot or blemish. And we know that in the New Covenant, Jesus was examined by Pilate, and he said, I find no fault in him. And uh, one of the most powerful truths I believe it probably I brought was that it was the sacrifice that was examined. It never was the person bringing the sacrifice examined. And that's good news for us because Jesus is our lamb. He is the sacrifice for us. And uh, he was without spot or blemish. And because he was received, amen, when they, when you know, the Lord looks at us, he sees the blood when he looks at us. And uh Anyway, uh, some of the other things we looked at was that when they took that lamb on the 10th day, they had to keep it for four days uh, before they offered that sacrifice. And really what it was doing was really teaching uh, their children what sacrifice was because no doubt they're like our children today. They would get attached to that lamb before they had to offer it to the Lord. And uh, when they offered that, uh, you know, it was heartbreaking to see it take place. And of course... Same thing with us when we hear the story of the passion of Christ and everything he went through, it breaks our hearts uh, to know everything he went through so we could have the glorious salvation we have today. Uh, Jesus himself, uh, you know, I brought out the scripture, it says that one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. It was actually 4,000 years from the time of uh, that Exodus took place, or from Adam all the way up to Jesus Christ, uh, 4,000 years. So Jesus, God set aside our Lord Jesus Christ for four days before he came to this earth and was offered as our lamb. Uh, I think that's a powerful truth too. But I'm going to jump in today on unleavened bread is what we're going to begin looking at. And uh, we, we talked about, uh, I think last podcast, we really went into this talking about unleavened bread a little bit. I, I didn't get real far with it, but some of the things I spoke to you about was, it was really speaking about in this journey, whenever they left Egypt, they left in such a hurry, their bread didn't have time to leaven, and God had established the Feast of Unleavened Bread with them. He had told them, 
that that's what they were going to do, and they were going to keep this feast for seven days and uh, not have any leaven in their house. And the spiritual thing I was bringing out to you in that is that uh, the Holy Spirit now, uh, Proverbs 20 and 27 said, The Spirit of man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And the Holy Spirit now is what searches our hearts. So we looked at Romans 8, 26 and 27, and it says this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And listen, And he that searches the hearts knows what's the mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, uh, one of the things that we had talked about is that in this feast, what they would do is they would light a candle and they would walk through their houses and make sure there was no leaven in the house. If there was any leaven, they'd have to take it out of the house and it couldn't be in there for that seven days. Uh, and that's what the work of the Holy Spirit is in our life. The Holy Spirit walks through every room of our life. And, you know, sometimes he puts his finger on something because we told you leaven is really a type of sin in Scripture. So that's what takes place, and when he puts his finger on it, you know, it's up to us to deal with that. So today I want to look at some of the things about what leaven is. First of all, leaven is a type of sin, and what sin does, like leaven, it puffs up. It's the yeast, and its yeast is what the leaven is, and, and when it's put into a batch of dough, the action of fermentation begins taking place, and it causes it all to rise or to puff up. Spiritually, the lesson to learn in the new covenant is that the influence of sin has an effect on whatever it touches in first corinthians chapter 5 verses 6 through 8 it says your glorying is not good know you not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened for even christ our passover is sacrificed for us therefore let us keep the feast not with old leaven neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So let me give you some biblical lessons here, or biblical types of leaven that we see in Scripture. Jesus talked about the leaven of Herod. And when he spoke of that, he was speaking spiritually, of course, in what he was talking about, but it was the spirit of worldliness is really what it was. Uh, Sadducees, the leaven of the Sadducees, it was their doctrine that they walked in. It was really... The spirit of modernism, you know, you're trying to uh, play safe church or, you know, there's a lot of things we could tie that into today. Uh, and if we're not careful, the programs we do in church, we'll take that, <laughs> we'll take that leaven of the Sadducees and we'll absolutely program the Holy Spirit out of church. We got to be open for the Holy Spirit to move. Really, the thing about the Sadducees, they were that they didn't believe in the supernatural. They didn't believe in spirit. They didn't believe in angels or in the bodily resurrection. And that's why they were sad, you see. <laughs> the Pharisees, uh, the leaven of the Pharisees really speaks of the leaven of hypocrisy. Because what the Pharisees would do is they would tell people what to do. You'd find that in Matthew chapter 22. Because Jesus said, don't do like the Pharisees do. Because they put, they'll say things to do, but they won't even lift a finger to do it themselves. So that's one of the things we need to keep in mind with that. We don't need to have that kind of mentality in our lives or that leaven of hypocrisy working in us. Uh, I want to read to you Matthew 23, verses 1 through 7. It says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. 
All therefore whatsoever they bid you to observe, that observe and do. But do not after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all of their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. They want to be very important in their own mind. And you know what? They were probably legends in their own mind. That's all the time I've got today. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we'll go into the feast day of the sheaf of first fruits when we get back together. Have a great day.